Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 342 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Paige Brown. Paige lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where she is a stay-at-home mom and a former teacher. Welcome, Paige. Hi, Nice to be here. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Well, I thought a lot about this question, and I realized after I thought about it, it goes a little further back than I realized. I think the first time was probably somewhere in 2016, maybe even 2015. One of my best friends, Kelly, was telling me she was doing some fasting, and I can remember it so clearly. I don't know why. I think it just struck me because I thought... Oh my gosh, that's so unhealthy. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. And she has always been very slim. We played volleyball together in high school. She's always been 
athletic and in shape. And so I'm looking at her thinking like, you don't even need to lose weight, you know, why are you fasting? And I just did not get it at all. But that was probably the first time I heard about it. Didn't really do much with that information. I think she just kind of smiled and nodded, okay, whatever. Did her thing and she's always looked great and now I know why. But then it's fast forward to 2019. My baby, my first son was about one. We were done breastfeeding and my sister-in-law and my brother were telling me they were doing some fasting. We had taken this family vacation and they looked wonderful. And so I was like, well, there it is again, you know, that fasting. So this time I kind of thought about it a little more and I had been struggling with my weight for a while. Hadn't lost all the baby weight yet. And like I said, a nurse for a year. So I knew that that was kind of where my body needed a little more at that time to be gentle. So I waited. But anyway, one day I was frustrated. I was thinking about what I want to do and kind of had said a prayer and decided I'm just going to go on the podcast app on my phone, you know, like the Apple podcast. I'm going to search fasting and your podcast came Yay. up. And so, yeah, so I started listening. I think that day my son had fallen asleep in the car. So I just was driving around, letting him nap. And I think I listened to two whole episodes before he woke up. And I was like, wow, like this is cool. It's almost unbelievable. And from there I found your book and got started with my first time fasting, but I didn't stick with it. Well, I'm glad that that's part of your story. I mean, I'm not glad, right? <laughs> but, you know, but ideally everyone would start and never stop. But I love to hear stories where people started and stopped and had some false starts because that's the real world, right? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, we so want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I stopped, it was a happy reason. I did it for a month. I lost like 10 pounds in that first month. I felt good. And then I found that I was pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good so, reason. It's a good reason. Yeah. However, I had miscarried. Oh, no. Actually, I was pregnant with twins. Oh, no. And I miscarried them about 12 weeks. So that was really hard. And once I got through all that process, I wanted to get back to fasting. And the one month that I'd done it, and I'd still kept listening to the podcast because I liked it. And so I wanted to get back to it, but I just couldn't get my head in the right spot. And so I just kind of said, you know, we're going to try again. So there's really no point in trying to get used to this again yet if we're going to try to get pregnant again. And we did. So I miscarried in October and I was pregnant again by January. And that was January so, of 2021. Where are we at this point? 2020. Okay. January of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So got pregnant with him and got to have a fabulous COVID pregnancy. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. <laughs> now, when you delivered, were people able to like come to the hospital? No, oh, no, no. It was so different with my first son. My mom was there. My sisters were there. My husband, of course, was there. Put this room full of people. And then when we had my second son, Harrison is his name. It was just me and my husband. But it was kind of cool. I kind of um, both of the experiences were very different, but they both are so special in their own way. So yeah, well, I can imagine. Maybe some people are liking that. <laughs> oh, sorry, can't have visitors, just my husband. Yeah, by that point, you know, we already had one son. So it was almost like a break. I hate no, to say no, it I get much. it. No. How close but are those two know, boys, your boys? They are two and a half years. Okay, yeah, mine are 18 months apart. So right after I had Will, my stepmother and my dad came down and visited, and they took Cal for a week. And I was like, whew. I mean, I had a newborn, <laughs> but you know, a newborn is, I mean, it's got challenges, but it's a lot easier sometimes than a toddler. Because yes. they stay oh, where you gosh, put them. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> they do. 
And the first go around, I was like, oh, no, he's going to stay with me. He doesn't need to go to the nursery. And then I didn't sleep for three nights and was literally seeing people in my house. Like, it was nuts. So the second go around, I was like, no, you can take him. I'm going to go to sleep. You appreciate (laughs) the help that they're offering you. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't so pridefully stubborn. Love that. Yeah, please help me. (laughs) So he was born in, was it around September? September. Yep. He was born September 25th. And I nursed him for 21 months and didn't really do much with weight. It's funny. I have never been hungrier than when I'm nursing. I believe it. Yeah. Pregnancy had nothing to it, like the hunger that I felt, which really, in hindsight, is probably more thirst. But, you know, I ate the feelings away. (laughs) So I put on a good bit of weight. I gained about 35 pounds with each of my pregnancies, which was a little more than the doctor said, but nothing major. But then after the second, it just did not come off. It didn't come all the way off with my first, but it really didn't come off after the second. And so kind of coming toward the end of that 21 months, I knew about fasting, of course, and I was thinking about it, but I knew I had to wait until I was done nursing totally. So my other sister-in-law, not the one I referenced earlier, had been doing Weight Watchers and was having great success. And I was like, well, they have a breastfeeding plan, so I'll do that. It was the worst thing I could have done for my mental, you know, aspect. It just, I don't know, maybe obsess over food. Oh, um, I can only imagine. And that is rooted in science because, you know, if you think back to the introduction of Fast Feast Repeat, when they did the Minnesota starvation experiment after World War II, the men who were on what was a low-calorie diet for them, and it was like 1,500 calories a day, which isn't really that low by today's standards of a low-calorie diet, they became obsessed with food. They became obsessed with mealtime. They thought about it nonstop. They like looked at recipes all the time. But it really does make you feel obsessive, doesn't it? It literally made me crazy. And so at this point, I've got a three-year-old. I've got almost one-and-a-half-year-old. And I'm obsessing over this food, and I'm feeling immensely guilty if I don't make the right choices, if I go over points or whatever. And it just, I lost some weight, yeah, sure, but it was, it just made me feel crazy. I know some people love it, have great success, and kudos to them, but it just did not work for me in all the healthy ways it needed to. So I only stuck with it maybe two or three months, then was back to just not really watching anything and of course put all that weight back on so and what was your weight about then what do you remember yeah I do it was my starting weight the day I started fasting was 211 pounds and how tall are you I'm 5'7 so that was you know significantly heavier before my first son I always kind of weighed around in the 180s that was always kind of a set point for me and even that was more than I wanted to weigh I've always been a little unhappy with my weight, even back to middle school. But I was definitely more used to weighing around the 180s, and here I was stuck in, you know, 211 pounds. And I know at points I was definitely higher than that, too. So so you weaned him, and the Weight Watchers, were you still doing the Weight Watchers after you weaned him, or that was done? That was done. I totally gave up on that, and... I went on a bachelorette trip. That's what it was. I was trying to remember what it, what it did. Now, that's funny. Where did bachelorette trips from people who live in Nashville end up? Because when I was in Nashville in September, it was like a bachelorette trip. Like, if you, like, turned around, you, like, ran into another one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're everywhere in Nashville. Yeah. All the woo girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of them, I mean, all over. I've been 
to several that we've traveled to different places. This one was in Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So is it Missouri? Did I, uh, anyway. I, I don't know. But, <laughs> but it was out there somewhere in the Lake of the Ozarks. And I just, you know, I had a good time. It was just a couple of days with some friends, but I just felt so insecure about myself. Most of them on that trip, not all of them have had kids yet. Mm-hmm. And then the few that did have had lost most of their weight. You know, I just felt uncomfortable. And so, and I had done, part of the reason I did Weight Watchers was trying to look better for that trip, you know. So that trip was in May. Of 21. May of 20, wait, when was that? 22. 22. May of 22, okay. So came home from that trip and was like, all right, I've got a couple of family vacations in June. I'm going to get through June and then I'm going to figure this out. So it kind of took June to think about, like, what do I want to do? And I just kept coming back to fasting. And I started listening to the podcast again. I bought Fast Feast Repeat on the audiobook, and I started listening to that. And that kind of just, all of that, the podcast, the book, it got my head back where it needed to be. And it kind of reminded me where I was in 2019 when I did it for that one month before getting pregnant. So June 27th was my first official start date. And it was good. It was a good feeling to get started again. But it, man, that creamy coffee was, oh, I was my biggest hangout. Yeah. I, I feel like pathetic now when I think about it. But it, like the people that say, that's my joy. That's what I live for. Like that was my like morning. Oh, you know, my oldest son has always been an early riser. I mean, like 4.30 early. Oh, riser. I know. I get it. And so... That was like, all right, I can make it through this early morning if I have my coffee with my cream and sugar, you know. But I started and I just kind of pushed it back. I kind of did like an hour at a time for a couple days. First thing I started with like 9 or 9.30. Then I pushed it to 10, then 11. And and it got easier as I went. I'd say it took maybe three weeks to really feel like I could enjoy the black coffee and not miss my cream so much. Well, that's good. I hear that from so many people, just the way you described it as the morning treat. It gives you joy. It's a comfort, right? It's like that creamy coffee is the hug in the mug. And then you're like bitter about the bitter. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I was like, I can wait. I don't have to eat, but I need my coffee. But I got used to it and now I enjoy it. I do still have coffee with cream in it. Not every day, but many days. When you open your window. When I open my window, yes. So, and I just look forward to it then. You delay. It's not a big deal. That's right. You get that whatever, whatever you need, you get to have it. You delay it till your eating window and there it is. It's not a never again. It's just a not right now. Yes, exactly. And that delay mentality, it helped me so much. Just, okay, you can have it later. Even with, you know, I love sweets, chocolate chip cookies. That's like my favorite dessert, but I'd be like, all right, you can have it later. And as I went, you know, I didn't always want it later. Exactly. That was a nice perk that I didn't see coming. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. So when you started, you pushed it back, took you a few weeks to get used to it. How did the weight loss go early on when you were back at it? It went pretty well. I was telling somebody not too long ago, and I was like, yeah, I was kind of a slow loser. But when I looked back in my, I used Happy Scale app. Yeah, excellent So I was app. looking back in the, it is, it's great. And I looked back through my logbook, and I was like, you know, I really wasn't a slow loser. I just, I don't know, it felt like a longer period of time, but I wrote it down. It's, it was like five pounds in the first month, 10 pounds in the second, wow. 15 by the third month. So you were, yeah. You were just over a pound a week, really, just over a pound a week. And that's really not slow. And that's one reason I love Happy Scale so much. I interviewed Russ Shanahan, the creator of Happy Scale. I mean, it's been years now. It's an old episode of Intermittent Fasting Stories that everyone should listen to. But knowing what your overall trend is doing, you know, I did it the old-fashioned way. I wrote it down on a piece of paper every Friday. I added up my last seven weights, divided by seven, found my average. But Happy Scale does that for you. It shows you your trend. And... A pound a week is really, really good. And more than that is just excellent. Like if you're losing a pound a week, you're not losing slowly because we do not lose fat quickly. We also don't gain fat quickly. So any really quick up or down fluctuation is not reflective of fat loss or gain. So I'm glad that you had that steady loss at a good pace. And so it just kept going, right? Or did it, it stop? It kept going. It, well, yeah, I was going to say, I did have a good little plateau there for a while that I had to tweak some things. But yeah, it kept going well enough that I was motivated, that I was like, okay, this is working. And then aside from the weight loss, I was started to have some of the non-scale victories, just feeling better, not feeling so anxious around food. You know, I've never been diagnosed with any sort of eating disorder by any means, but... I definitely am an emotional eater. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and that's the best job in the world, but it's it's a it's demanding job. Yeah. Yeah. Your little clients and are not always reasonable. No, they're not. And I would find myself, prior to fasting, I would find myself hiding, literally, like standing behind this kitchen, like a galley kitchen that has a 
like an opening in the wall and I would be like on the other side of that tucked away where they couldn't see me like just eating whatever to try to soothe whatever anxiousness I felt and within a few months of fasting I wasn't feeling that way anymore That's awesome. and I just this morning I haven't finished it but I started the podcast that came out today with the psychiatrist from LA I can't think of her name right now but she was talking about not eating made her sit with those feelings and that's exactly what I realized I had to do. I had to sit with, okay, well, here's how I feel. Why do I feel this way? And how can I feel better without soothing myself through food? That's a powerful um, transformation because, you know, you can soothe yourself and numb yourself, which is what we did, whether it was food or whether it was a glass of wine or two, or you can feel the feelings and say, okay, what do I have to do about this? That's such a better way, but we're so used to the, I mean, you could numb yourself with TV or your phone, but feeling your feelings is something we're like, oh, wait, here they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the weight loss did start to slow down eventually. Probably after that third month is when it started maybe more like, I mean, it's still going, maybe more like half a pound a week, but not what I was seeing at first. But those NSVs kept me like, okay, I feel better. I'm seeing my skin's getting clear. I had a thyroidectomy in 2017. And so I'm technically hypothyroid. My medicine's been reduced three times since losing weight. Yeah, it was like there for a while. She was like, okay, well, we need to lower it. Come back in three months. Okay, we need to lower it again. So that's been, that was cool to see that. It's just an indication that your body is functioning better. Yes. You know, and when we see those kind of things... You know, you could read all sorts of, you know, sensational headlines about fasting and should you fast, should you not fast, whatever. But when you're seeing your health markers get better, you can't argue with that. No, you can't. So I did hit a plateau. I guess it was it was over the holidays, really. Kind of like in that lull after Thanksgiving and then the little after New Year's. I was just kind of stuck. Now, I'm a part of my story Look, thinking back on that, I also plateaued <laughs> right then, too. Yeah. In 2014 to 2015, when I was losing weight, I wasn't losing weight between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I plateaued. Uh, no, it was the holiday plateaued. It was because there's yeah. more treats, right? <laughs> yes, there's more treats. You know, we're busy. We're doing all the things. And so I was kind of stuck. and I was frustrated about it. I mean, I think it ended up being like 12-ish weeks that... I didn't go up, so that was a positive, but I wasn't coming down. It was literally like 188, which also I think is one of my set points. Before I, Right before I got pregnant the first time, that was my weight. So my body really liked being there, and then I wasn't – I was still fasting, but I was definitely having some shorter windows here and there for different holiday occasions – So it just wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, that holiday window creep is a real thing. We have the special occasions, and we want to participate. And part of the beauty of intermittent fasting is that we can. We can shift our window around. We can delay, save the treats for later. But one of the trade-offs might be that that's a season where you're not going to lose anything. You know, the flexibility is nice, but the weight loss stops. So Right, exactly. So once we got through the new year, I was like, okay, you know, springtime will be here before we know it and I want to feel I'm already feeling better but I want to feel even better so one thing I did that a little aside from fasting I've always been moderately active I've never been like a gym rat or anything but I've always exercised to some extent and so I decided that there's a lady in my hometown who does like online boot camps but she started a She calls it 10 for 10. So it's three 10-minute workouts that she posts on a Facebook group. 
every week and it's ten dollars for the month and you get all the workouts so she posts three a week but all the previous weeks stay on there so you can go back and do those I joined that and that helped, I think, kind of get things moving a little bit. I definitely am one of those people that can lose weight if I exercise hard enough. So that helped. And then I kind of started making like monthly challenges for myself. In March, I tried to cut out as much sugar as possible. I'm not going to say I didn't have any, but I quit having the treats. I just kind of delayed those things for the month of March and that helped a little. I think I lost three pounds that month so that was pretty good. Definitely better than the plateau. It was finally kind of getting me over that hump and then in April I decided to toy with ADF which was I would think about that and I'm like I laugh at myself because I remember one of the first episodes I ever listened to I can't remember who it was but they did some ADF and I thought oh my gosh I could never ever do that that's insane you know who would not eat for 36 to 40 hours right and here I was like ready to give it a go and my husband laughed at me because the first couple of times I did it I mean I was wired for sound I could not sleep I was up at like 4 a.m just and he gets up early as well and he's sitting on the couch like having his morning coffee and I'm just talking his head off. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Are you on? Like, what are you on? Nature's <laughs> yeah. ketones, right? <laughs> exactly. That's like I'm, I'm like, I'm just all hopped up on these ketones. Like, yeah. It did the trick too. It got things moving again. And then I learned through that process. Uh, and what I did that month, I did kind of like a five-two. Okay. So I always made sure I had a down two down days, two up days. And so what did you do on the other three days? Were those eating window days? They were. And I did more like a OMAD. Um, so that we call that a hybrid approach. The traditional, like actual five-two, like this has confused some people because in I think in Fast Feast Repeat I said five-two is not enough for weight loss for my body. But when I'm talking about five-two like that, that was the original five-two that Michael Mosley first talked about in like 2012. And the traditional real official 5-2 was two down days. And then the other five days were all just up. And like, you can see why with five up days and two down days, that was not a weight loss approach for me. No, but no. a hybrid 5-2, two down, two up, three eating window. That is a really good approach. But that's a hybrid 5-2, not like pure 5-2. I just wanted to put that out there. No, I'm glad you Yeah, because so you're doing yeah. a hybrid 5-2, which I think is a great plan. Two days a week of the down days. And I learned through that that I really enjoyed the down day. I, I think it really, even after at that point, I mean, I had already been fasting like 10 months or so, nine months or so. And I finally, like, I really learned how to enjoy the fast, not just the feast. And that was a cool just mind shift around fasting. And so I did that the whole month of April. And I think that was when I didn't write it down, but I think that at the end of that was when I got to like 180 and that was the lowest I had been. I mean, even before my first son was born, so I was always around 188. So that was the lowest I'd seen in probably since my wedding, which was in 2014. So that was cool. I did not stick with the hybrid ADF approach after April, but I did start always incorporating Millis Monday. Okay. So I love watching. I'm in the community, and I love uh, Roxy's 
posts that she does. She's awesome. Yeah. So every Monday in the community, we have Mealless Monday. And it's funny because sometimes people are like, well, I want to do the 500 calorie down day. Can I participate in Mealless Monday? I'm like, yes. (laughs) If we call it Mealless Monday, it really down day Monday doesn't have the same ring to it. So (laughs) No, but it's funny that you mentioned that. So yesterday was Monday and I was going to do my Mealless Monday like I usually do. But then our schedule is a little wonky this week. My older son is doing a basketball camp and then my younger son goes to like a mother's day out on Tuesday. And so I had to drop one off at one hour and one off the other hour and then come back here to do this. And I was like, Ooh, and I had closed my window pretty early Sunday. We went to a baseball game in Nashville and I ate more around like lunchtime, which I don't usually do. It was too full to eat dinner. So I was like, man, if I don't eat at all on Monday, it's going to put me like way over 40 hours. So I was like, all right, I'll do like a 500 calorie meal. And then I'll break after our our interview. And I don't do well with the 500 calorie. I can't stop. I get it. No, I get it. You can get a really satisfying meal with you depending on what it is. But I'm still the same way. I've done it before. I've done the 500 calorie meal and cut it off and been okay. But Last night I was like, oh, I just, I'm hung. I don't know. I think my body was needing some like healthy fats because I had salmon and then I was craving nuts. So I had a bunch of walnuts and then I wanted a little peanut butter. I was like, all right, I don't know what this, it was a weird kind of a mesh mash of a meal. But anyway. Did you pivot to one meal a day instead? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly what I did. So I was like, well, no big deal. Yep, it isn't. No big deal. You just change it up if you need to. And that's a good job listening to your body. But I'm like you. I need to have a combination of fats and carbs to be satisfied. And so, like I was telling some people yesterday about the potato hack diet that was popular. This is before I was an intermittent faster. I was on some Facebook group where they were doing the potato hack Back in my desperation days, the rules were you could, I think, I'm trying to remember, you could just eat potatoes. You couldn't put anything on them. Just eat potatoes. As many potatoes as you wanted, you were going to lose weight fast. Well, I'm like, well, I love potatoes. That will be great. So, But a plain baked potato with nothing on it is not satisfying. Like an hour later, I'm like, now I'm really hungry again. So I made it on the potato hack for one potato. (laughs) (laughs) I got to have something else. So, So you just pivoted. And you'll have yep, a just, meal, mealless Monday next week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking that here soon I may kind of try my 5-2 hybrid approach again. Just because I'm not going to say I've hit a plateau again, but things, it's really slow. More down to like, well, my happy scalp says like 0.2 pounds yeah. a week, you know, which is, it's, it's good. It's it's something. And my new low weight's 179. Awesome. So You're getting there. can officially say that I'm in the 170s, and that's a good feeling because... I was 176 when I got married, and so I don't think I've seen the 170s literally since then. So that's good. It's encouraging. But I've got more that I'd like to do, so I may go back to that hybrid 5-2 again. And I think about it like if you're, like, running a race or something. You know, like the finish line is your goal of where you'd like to be. But for me, I might, like, jog a little bit, and then I'm going to walk. <laughs> you know, so along your path, you know, April, you picked up the pace. You were jogging a little bit with your 5-2 hybrid. Then you're like, all right, now I'm going to walk for a while. And so, you know, throwing in a month of the 5-2 hybrid or a couple of weeks of that or here and there just gives you that little push. And then I also think the metabolic boost of the up days is always a great something to sprinkle in there. You know, I just naturally up day <laughs> because of life. Yeah, you know, I don't do down days, but I naturally up day here and there. So I've never really had the problem of plateauing 
well, until I got to my goal, I never really had the problem of plateauing with the daily eating window approach just because I switched things up more so. But for anyone who's more consistent in plateauing, ADF can be a great strategy. It's not always going to lead to faster weight loss, which sometimes is confusing because it's not fast weight loss. Like when you were losing, how much did you lose that month of April? I think, again, about three pounds. Right. So really not it any different than my fast. sugarless march, yeah. you know? It was about the same. Yeah. But it, it did get you going. It was a tweak that got you going. It did. And I felt like I had more body recomposition in that time. I've got the mommy pooch that I would love to see go. And I feel like after that month, like I really started to see some progress in that area. I'm sure it'll always be there to some extent, but it was nice to feel like my body was changing and my clothes were fitting better. I started in a size 16 and I was able to start getting into some 10s. Oh, after that's that fun. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I haven't worn a 10 since high school. Wow. So. Yeah, that was cool. It really is fun to see the scale going down. And you've probably heard me say that size 10 is when I felt so good in my body again that I went crazy shopping. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Because you feel good. Like, I don't know what it is about a size 10, but something about a size 10, I was like, okay, I feel good in the clothes. I didn't feel like, you know, I was, I don't know, it's hard to explain. You get it, though. No, I get it. Yeah, I um, I tried to heed your warning of not buying everything, but I was like, but I need to buy everything. I look so good in this. Yeah, I finally felt like I looked good in my clothes instead of like I was trying to hide stuff. We always take like a beach vacation down to like the Destin area with my family. And then we do the lake with my husband's. And I have way more bathing suits than I need. But it was the first year since, you know, pre-kids. And my oldest is five and a half. So the first time in at least five years that I felt good in a bathing suit. And I wore a two-piece and, you know, and I was confident. So I have way more bathing suits than I'll ever wear this summer. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. I'm, I, You know, I understand having too many bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> I live in, in the bathing suits. But... You know, feeling confident in your body, being able to wear a bathing suit, and just not feeling so self-conscious, that really is huge. Yeah, for sure. So when you went on vacation, how do you fit intermittent fasting into your vacation? Easily. I mean, it's not a big deal. The vacation we went on to the beach was in May, right after my ADF April, like I called it. I didn't really set a rule. I'd say I probably tried not to have a fast any shorter than 16 hours. But I just kind of listened to my body, just kind of enjoyed myself. Honestly, we eat out most of the nights that we're there. And, you know, there's such great seafood down in the Gulf. So I, you know, would enjoy a really good meal. And I'd be so full the next day. I didn't, you know, I don't want to eat breakfast. So it's not a big deal. There was one exception to that. And I've even got my little coffee cup. I didn't plan that. Oh, there. Donut hole. Donut hole, Yes. It's just one of our favorite places to get donuts and have a good breakfast. And so my husband got up. You have to get up really early to get in their line and I like get the good donuts. Oh. So he went early one morning before we were all up. And like I come in the kitchen and here's like three boxes. Of you know, the good like stuff. Of the good stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, I could delay. But these donuts are like fresh right, right now. And they're warm. You can't. And I mean, that is not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. So I was like, all right, I'm going to eat this donut right now at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I have no regret. It was delicious and it was great. And I ate the rest of the day and it wasn't a big deal. You you had an up day at the beach, right? I did. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. You didn't have to delay it because you didn't want to. And it wasn't going to be good later. And 
I always ask myself that question. If I eat this now, will I regret it in an hour? You did not regret it in an hour because it would not have been good to delay that donut. It would have been not as good. No, they'd have been stale by the afternoon. So it was totally worth it. But then this part was really cool because so I didn't lose any weight on that vacation but I didn't gain any I think I came home like right at the same always kind of weigh in like a three pound range my weight just bounces around the same three pounds until it gradually yeah that was my like bounced up and down up and down up and down but if you look at the graph it's like a zigzagging down slowly the trend is like bouncing down over time Right. Yeah. So yeah, I came home right in my little range where I was at. And then, but we took another trip to the lake just recently. And we were there Monday through Friday, came home on Friday. We were here Saturday. We went to a birthday party and a 4th of July party. And, you know, I enjoyed myself, but I fasted. I think I stuck to like 19 hours that day, which that's my normal. 19.5 to 24 is kind of my usual protocol. But then we drove up to Cincinnati for a family party, and I think I posted about this on Michelle Montone's Facebook page for The Delay Don't Deny. I love that page, and so I posted in there, like, I had chili cheese conies from Gold Star for my one meal that (laughs) one of those days in Cincinnati, and I ate like five of them, and I don't even care, and they were delicious, and I came home the next day, and I was down to bound, and I was like, Yeah, I was like, look at this. Like, I can eat conies and I'm still okay. You know, a lot of people find when they go on vacation, they expect to be up or they'll have a big meal like you and your conies. And they'll end up with what we call a whoosh. And there was an article about it. You can still find it. If you Google the words of whooshes and squishy fat, you can find this article. And the guy's talking about how... People will often see a weight whoosh after like an overindulgent vacation or a big carby meal like you had with those conies. And so he's trying to explain physiologically what's going on. I don't think his theory is right. His theory is that as we're losing weight, our bodies put like fluid, like water into our fat cells. And I've never been able to find confirmation that our body puts water into fat cells. I mean, maybe that's what's happening. But I have a hunch that it's like something to do with our lymphatic system. So as we're losing weight, I think we might retain water in our lymphatic system. I mean, it could be in the fat cells. I don't know. But it's definitely retaining water somewhere. And then digesting, especially if you're having more carbs than normal, Digesting carbs requires more fluid. You know, you had this meal with maybe more carbs than you usually had. Maybe they're more processed than usual. So your body needs more fluid to process those carbs. So it pulls that extra fluid from wherever it was, whether it was in your fat cells, which I don't think that's true, but could be, or whether it was in your lymphatic system, it pulls that fluid in to digest that meal and then whoosh, there it goes. And you got the big drop on the scale. So we don't know where it is or exactly what's happening, but we know that it does happen. So Regardless, however it happened, I was super happy. I was like, I just had this great week at the lake. I went up to Cincinnati. We had 4th of July. I definitely indulged a little more than usual, but because I still kept to my usual fasting time, I still was seeing success I wanted to see. So that was cool to come home and see that. Yeah, and it's no big deal. And you know, you've been doing this long enough that you know that... Sometimes weight bounces back up, but eventually it'll zigzag its way back down again. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned some of your non-scale victories. Are there any that you haven't shared yet or like any health victories specifically that you know of other than the thyroid medicine? I Fortunately, I didn't have any big health issues 
beforehand. I did get blood work done right before I started. Well, not before. I guess I'd been fasting about a month when we had it done. So I want to go get all those labs run again and compare and see if anything's improved, but I haven't done that yet. But one of the biggest ones for non-scale is my skin is so much clearer. I was struggling with some really bad breakouts around the time I started and my sister's an esthetician, so I've always used good skincare. So I was like, I don't know what up with that. So I think it was really reflective of my diet. And that's the other thing that, you know, with fasting, I guess, is a non-sale victory. I eat a lot healthier, not necessarily because I'm always trying to. I just, that's what I want now. That's been cool to see my skin. It's softer. Like, I used to have really, like, scratchy elbows, and that's gone. Less anxiety, clearer thinking. My mood's better. I have a lot more energy. My boys are very active. They're young. You know, they're two and a half and five, so they're always on the go, and I can be right there with them and it's, you know, no big deal. I'm more in tune with my body. When I've heard other guests talk about like always feeling hungry, like they never felt satisfied. That was me before fasting. I was like, I could eat anytime, always, you know. I tried a little bit, like I dabbled in the intuitive eating and are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. You know, like, I get I'll it. Eat. Always yes. Yeah. The answer was yes. So I love that fasting has made you more in tune with that. Yes, absolutely. Now I definitely can tell, like, is this true hunger or is this just a little wave of something? You know, because that's one thing. I share this a little bit. I'm not going to say a ton, but I've shared it enough that I've had some people that have asked, you know, how do you know the difference? And I'm like, well, you know, I've had days where I've had a headache and I decided to eat. And sometimes I found that that did help and that might have been what it was. And other times it did nothing. And it was the rain that was coming in and not hunger. So yeah, definitely more in tune with how I feel and what I need. feel more in control around food. The delay concept has really stuck with me well, and it helps me not feel deprived. I used to, you know, when I was doing any kind of dieting beforehand, I'd feel deprived. But now it's like, oh, I can have it later. But like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I get to later and I don't want it anymore. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. That's really huge. And I agree. Knowing that you can have it later, you have permission. I think that's really empowering because you don't feel restricted because you're like, yeah, I can have that later. But then you get there and you're like, well, what do I really want right now? And it isn't that. Whatever it might be that you're thinking of. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times I'm thinking of something sweet, you know, oh, I want this. I don't think I've mentioned this yet. My youngest son has severe food allergies. Oh, gosh. 
So that's been a whole journey and process and I've learned a whole lot more about food and what it's made of in the process. But one of the things that he can have that we try to keep on hand, you know, we don't overdo it, but is an Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that Oreos are technically vegan? That's how I think they are. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's a quick, easy treat for him when other kids are having something, you know. So anyway, I'll be like, oh, I want one of those Oreos. And then I'm like, oh, I'll wait till later. And I get to later. I'm like, I don't want an Oreo anymore. You know, I love that. Well, you know, we went last night, my friend Sherry, who does the podcast Fast Feast Repeat with me and also Life Lessons that we just stopped doing, but my co-host on that, she's here visiting and also another friend, Christy, who is actually observing that we record the podcast. <laughs> she's in the room <laughs> <laughs> today. And um, But we went out last night to a place here in Myrtle Beach called the Crazy Mason. And it's a milkshake bar, but they moved it to a new location this year and I hadn't been to it yet. And they have these crazy milkshakes, but they also have all these other things. So, you know, I love peanut butter and chocolate and vanilla ice cream together. So I got this like waffle thing. I was delaying, you know, till we were going to eat this. It was going to be amazing. So we get there and I'm like, oh, this is great. It's got Reese's peanut butter cups and peanut butter stuff. And I got it. And I know I've mentioned before that I don't love Reese's peanut butter cups anymore, but now I really don't like them. Like, I literally don't like them. So I was like, this is very disappointing. I mean, it wasn't their fault. <laughs> it was like everybody's eating it up all around on the tables around. And I'm like, I don't like Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't like Reese's pieces. All I did was eat the vanilla ice cream. Is it bluebell ice cream, Christy? Yeah, that's bluebell ice cream, which is good. The chocolate sauce was good. So I like dug down to the bottom. The waffle was really like fresh and homemade. So basically I had a Belgian waffle with some vanilla ice cream and chocolate sauce on it. But I barely ate any of it. But I ate exactly as much as I wanted. But it's like that Oreo you were talking about. When the time comes, you're like, well, I really just don't even like this. Yeah, there's definitely been times where I think I want something and, you know, I go to eat it and I'm like, I'll take one bite and I'm like, I don't want this, you know. I'll just throw it away. I'm like, this isn't, I don't know, I want something else, you know. So, yeah, I definitely make better choices for food now than I did before. And some of it's intentional, but a lot of it, it's not. It's just my taste has changed. So that's been neat. I should have gone with my gut because when I was looking at the menu, they have like a traditional banana split. And I can remember getting those as a little girl. I was like, it's a banana. And, you know, good ice cream and like just the chocolate sauce, the strawberry sauce. And I guess, was it pineapple? That's yeah. traditional. I think I would have liked that so much better. Yeah, like really a, a little more fruity. Okay, yes, it's a lot of sugar too. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point now yeah. that I guess because there's no deprivation, because of intermittent fasting, I know that there's always going to be another window and I'm not on a diet. I don't feel the need to finish something just because it's in front of me. Yes. Yeah, no, I totally, that is exactly how I feel. It's like, I know that there'll be another opportunity that I can have it later if I want it, you know, whether later is tomorrow or whenever that is. It's really changed my mentality around the restriction because before fasting I would restrict constantly always you know can't have this can't have that and it just made me want it more it's true and then like I would have probably like eaten the whole thing even though I didn't really like it just because I like well when am I ever going to get to have ice cream again because you know I'll be on a diet again so I'm just gonna eat it all now that I can but instead I'm like you know I'm not liking this I'm done so also your taste in food have changed have you like found yourself gravitating to any vegetables that you didn't used to like oh my gosh yes I have like my husband and my son tease me because I'm not so much in it at the moment but there for a few months I was obsessed with Brussels sprouts and I've always liked green vegetables I've always liked especially like dark green vegetables but 
I just went through this thing where like I could not eat enough Brussels sprouts and my son was like you're making those stinky things again you know because of course he didn't like them I would try to get him to eat them but he's like no you know I don't like that so yeah my husband's like he'd come home and we'd come in like through the basement and walk up he's like I could smell the Brussels sprouts before I could even you know see him in the house <laughs> that's so funny so, but yes, yeah, so I've found myself, you know, gravitating towards that and salads. I've always liked salads, but it was one of those things where I had in my head, or I guess when it came time to choose, I'd pick something more carby, like a sandwich instead. But now I cannot get enough like arugula and spinach and just like give me all the salads, especially now that it's hot. It's just been great to open with that. And it's interesting, the ones that you mentioned are the ones with the really high nutrient, like arugula and spinach, you know, versus like iceberg, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I don't even like iceberg. We, on the 4th of July, one of the barbecues we went to, they had like a food truck type of deal and they had a salad. And I was like, oh, I want a salad. And well, I got a burger too, but it was like a small kind of rinky burger. So I was like, I'll get a salad. And it was just an iceberg pre like bag salad mix. I was like, this is not good. No, no, this isn't what... Your body was not wanting that. Your body wanted some mixed field greens or something. Yes, and they like only had like ranch and honey mustard, and I was like, "Could you have any balsamic? Like, oh, no. anything else?" Yeah. <laughs> That's a disappointment. Wah, wah, on the salad. So you talked about how in the past you've had you know very active periods and exercise is something that really works well for your body. Are you incorporating any exercise right now? I'm still doing the 10 for 10 program that okay. I mentioned, and I love that because I'm a busy mom. Right. And So what um, are his specific allergies? What can he not have? Oh, goodness. Well, he is allergic to like 36 different things. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, all food. But he's uh, Probably like egg. Is egg yes, one of them? He's, I was going to yeah. say, he's anaphylactic to eggs, dairy, goat, milk as well hazelnut and oats and coconut but he's allergic to like I said a lot those are the big ones like if he eats that we're gonna have to epi and head to the hospital egg is hard like when I did my whole food plant-based experiment egg is really really hard to avoid and you can't go anywhere no and he can't tolerate it baked either so we have to completely avoid dairy's the same way we have to completely avoid dairy in all forms baked unbaked So that really limits us, which in some ways has been healthy for our whole family. We don't eat out as much anymore. There's not many places we can go and feel safe for him. Um, So I cook a lot and I make a lot of things here at home. I bake a lot. I like to bake. And like I said, I'm always, I want him to feel included like any other kid. So I'm always trying to make, you know, cupcakes and I'll freeze them to have on hand for when we go to birthday parties. I did the same thing for Will and for Cal, but mainly Will because of his food sensitivities. It was not anaphylactic. His was different, but I baked cupcakes and kept them in the freezer. And when it was time to go, I'd pull it out and off we'd go. And I'd be like, he can have this and nothing else. (laughs) Yes, this and nothing else. And if y'all see anyone near him with it, like move him away. Oh yeah. Also, they could Um, eat Lay's potato chips. Plain, yes, yep. plain Lay's plain, potatoes, plain. just salt. So yes, I would show up with a yep. cupcake and a bag of Lay's potato chips in the yellow bag and be like, here's his food. <laughs> yes, he loves veggie straws, which I know they're not really like that great for you either, but he can have the plain like sea salt veggie straws. So we always have those and a frozen cupcake. And we do what we do. Toe. 
And, you yeah. know, and I remember going to like a snow cone stand and they had just ice. I'm like, we would like a snow cone with nothing on it, just the ice. <laughs> yeah. And they looked at me like I was yeah. insane. And my boys were like, this is amazing. I'm like, I don't know if yeah. that's really good or sad. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. People are like, doesn't he feel left out? And I'm like, well, he's lived this way his whole life. Like he doesn't know any different. And I've tried to always have another option for him where he can feel included. So my brother-in-law, when we were at the lake, we were having to be really careful because we have a big family. There's a lot of kids. And so we give the whole, like, only eat at the table. Everybody wash your hands when you're done. They had spaghetti one night and there's like cheese everywhere. And I was a nervous wreck. Oh yeah, I bet. um, My brother-in-law's like, how does he live without cheese? And I'm like, well, he's never had it. Yeah. (laughs) So he doesn't know, you know. Absolutely. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I really, I heard someone else say it on your podcast and it really resonated. Talk to yourself how you talk to your child. I love Um, that. I was a teacher before having kids. I have kids now at home all day and you know, you're always wanting to build your kids up. You want them to feel good about themselves and you need to talk to yourself the same way. I think a lot of us get in habits where we are really ugly to ourselves and it's just be gentle with yourself or like the way um, you build would, yourself up the way you would talk to a friend that you love you know if a friend exactly. that you loved a good friend said you know i ate too much cake last night you wouldn't say well you're a big idiot <laughs> you wouldn't say right. that to your you're friend right. And if you would say that to your friend, you're not a nice friend. But, you know, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your friend that you really, really care about or your child. I know sometimes we're a little snippy with a child, but (laughs) (laughs) then there. And you're like, oh, why did I say that? (laughs) Not my best parenting moment. But, you know, if you really, if you work on loving yourself the way that you love the others in your life, it just can benefit you in the long run. Yes. And the other one is, and you say this, you know, stop stopping. Just do it. Just hang in there. This has been the most life-changing thing that I've done for myself besides, you know, getting married, having children. But, like, I made this choice. I stuck with it. And I've never been prouder of myself. I feel so much better. And I know it's only going to get better from here. It's a lifestyle. So just stop. Stop stopping. Stick with it. It's worth it. Well, I love that, Um, Paige. And even though you did have the best reason in the world to stop (laughs) because you were pregnant, (laughs) but you did find that even when you were ready to get back started, the contemplation of starting took you a while. You had to get yourself mentally worked up for it again. Yeah, I did. I had to get my head in the right space. And your books and your podcasts really, that's what I always tell people when I recommend, you know, fasting, like start with the book, start with the podcast, understand the why, you know, get your head in the right place. And then you won't quit. Once you're in a rhythm, it's a lot easier to keep going than it is to stop and start. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. So much. Well, Paige, thank you so much for telling your story today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all that you do. You're such an inspiration. You're my hero. Really, you are. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.